Hi, pillow guy. <laughs> <laughs> Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the We the People himself, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, rocking. Speaking of ads. Rocking We the People shirt. I'm not advertising. I'm just saying you're rocking We the People. You believe and we the people. I I do, as long as those the people don't want to take my rights away from me. Exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. Well, this is Good Morning Liberty, as I mentioned, a place where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. We wrap all of this together in a fantastic, funny show to go over the news and other things. And also, we talk a little bit of solutions and what actually everything means, because there's a lot of jargon out there, if you, know, you will. But- uh, we've really been, I've been missing the solution side lately. And so I, I'm going to try to line up some interviews with people who who have some solutions to the problems because everything, I don't know if you guys have noticed, it's been getting a little crazy out there. Uh, speaking of one thing, by the way, we won't really have to read this, but they did vote on the bill today to avert the government shutdown. That won't be happening. You can go back to our episode entitled, It's All Fake, where we said that this was all a fake problem and they would talk it up really big until the day that they were going to go into the shutdown and then they would vote on something and not have a shutdown. Mm. That That's, that's just what they do. It's they, just a big political talk. They did point. pass it. Which, they did. Which one? Um, it was a, um, it's a, just a stopgap bill and all, all it has in it. It's funding until December sometime. And then I believe there's some emergency funding for Afghan refugees and potentially some uh, some disaster relief also something and, like that and horses and the they have to resettle <laughs> the horses somewhere and so that that also takes some time that will yeah. as well the resources a lot of hay yeah it's a it's a big problem but luckily we solved that one for sure um you know i the way that i lined this out we have some good news we got some annoying stuff and um, I, I thought maybe we should tell people about something that's good as long as this actually happens. I really hope that this actually happens. But I saw this actually. Yeah, this is this is cool from um, from ABC News here. There, there, there's a daily pill to treat COVID that might be coming out pretty soon. So all of you anti pillars out there, <laughs> or anti anti virals, you pro virals out there. Yeah, you'll have you'll have something else to to be afraid of. <laughs> so I, I don't know how they'll how they'll mandate this one or how that's going to go. But anyway, uh, from ABC News, antivirals are already essential treatments for other viral infections, including hepatitis C and HIV. One of the best known is Tamiflu. I got some of that at home. Actually, they gave it to me, and it's I don't maybe I should have tried it for COVID. I don't know. Maybe the widely prescribed pill that can shorten the duration of influenza and reduce the risk of hospitalization if given quickly. The medications developed to treat and prevent viral infections in people and animals work differently. People and animals. Hmm. Are you saying that they're going to have animal pills? They're giving people horse pills now, folks. Oh, my God. This is crazy. (laughs) Uh, But they can be engineered to boost the immune system to fight infection, block receptors so viruses can't enter healthy cells, or lower the amount of active virus in the body. At least three promising antivirals for COVID are being tested in clinical trials with results expected as soon as late fall or winter. 
uh, who uh, Car- Carrie Diefenbach. That's Carl Diefenbach. Carl. That's an that's an L. Carl. That's an L right there. Carl Diefenbach. I don't know why I assumed it was an uppercase I at the end of someone's name. <laughs> or it could be Diefenbach. Yeah, either one of those. Yeah. Director of the Division of AIDS at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Okay. That's so he a, works for Dr. Fauci. Allergy. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he said, I think that we will have answers as as to what these pills are capable of within the next several months. Now, the, I just think that this is really good news. That's great news. And what I'm also wondering about is uh, once this exists for everyone to take easily, does that mean that we won't need the vaccine mandates anymore? No, still need them. Okay. All right. Yeah. I guess you're probably because right about that. You need to... Um, you need to be vaccinated, get your booster shot, mm-hmm. take your pills and wear a mask yeah. before we can open. I got okay, you. It's, yeah. it's um, pills for the rest of your life to flatten the curve. That'll be the new saying. I got you. Yeah. yeah. We uh, want to flatten the curve. What folks. I want to know is how much is how... All of those flat earthers out there, by the way, were like, finally. How much is the, the government going to mess this up as far as the distribution the production, all of that. They're, I mean, they're going to ruin it, right? Imagine the worst mismanagement you can imagine. Mm. And then it's worse than that. Okay. It's a yeah. really bad mismanagement. So if you think of like the worst mismanagement possible that you could come up with. Okay. And then it's going to be worse than that. Okay. Yeah. That's the way it goes. You know, we, we discarded about 30 million doses of vaccines mm. that all expired that's capitalism for you yeah it's that's <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's the problem you know i yeah. saw somebody else say that the other day and i'm just like god it's not even capitalism <laughs> the reason for it by the way i don't know if we covered this but the reason that we got rid of we, we at the beginning it was 15 million doses and now it's up to like 30 million doses that expired and the reason for it was the the restriction the restrictive rollout that the government did mm. And because of that restrictive rollout, uh, 15 million vaccines expired because people were too afraid to give it to others for fear of fines from the government. Yeah. How uh, amazing is that? I just really, I worry that there's going to be, hey, you know, I'm not going to, let me just, I'll put on my conspiracy hat for a minute. This hat right here, it says conspiracy. It's a, it's a one that I'm wearing. World there Series be an, of Poker. <laughs> can you imagine that there would be any incentive to botch the rollout of these pills? And by anyone in the government. I'm not, listen, I have no evidence that that's going to happen or mm. that that is the case. But could you imagine a world where the rollout of this medication was botched? Mm. Because this isn't going to be able to be controlled. And you won't, you won't be able to control people as easily when, if you are infected, you just simply start taking medication. You know? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, don't, you don't agree because you don't have any words. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, that's the thing. I'm speculating. I know. I'm just speculating I'm about just, it. I don't have anything to add to your speculation, except it's possible. Okay. Well, that's it. I'll just uh, go F myself over here, then that's fine. <laughs> okay, a little bit more. I wanted to ask you about this. So I wanted you to talk about the next story, because I talked about this a little bit the other day on our on the random 20-minute episode I did, the day that we couldn't do an episode, and that's the that's the vaccine mandates for kids coming up or K through 12 right now. Um, And as they approve these for children down to five, this is going to be something that happens. And I, as a father, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. So go, I I will give them, go ahead. Are you done with this one? 
Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I mean, we we're pretty much ready. Unless you, unless there's important information in there, you think? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, as you guys know, there's one antiviral drug, Rindisivir, that's that's been approved. Mm-hmm. My dad took that. Trump took that. <laughs> um, Basically, they're like the same person, and they seem to to be fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, this is always good news. Okay. From Reason, this is vaccine mandates coming for K through 12 students. You're just chugging along, aren't you? I am. I'm just getting toasty right now. <laughs> the Heineken double zeros. Yeah. Um, uh, Joe thought that you were going to say that Lacey was pregnant. <laughs> no, no. Oh, because I said as a father. As a father. Yeah. I want to talk to you as a, a yeah, there's not a, I didn't say that very well. Yeah. I want to talk to you as a friend whose friend that I'm talking to is a father. I want to get a father's perspective. I would like a father's perspective. And that's you. Yeah. Because I can't speak on this because I'm not a father. Right. (laughs) From reason, the San Diego Unified School District Tuesday night joined L.A. and Culver City by voting unanimously to require students um, older. your, Your cursor's in the way. Students, my cursors, yes, way, my bad. students age 16 and over to be fully vaccinated. I couldn't read what it was saying. I'm going to start now that I remember we can do that. I'm going to start messing with you while I you're know. reading. Students age 16 and over to be fully vaccinated by December 20th or be exiled into remote learning. Uh, which, by the way, did you read that story? The guy who was going to college? Oh, yeah. I, I you know what? I was, we were going to talk about that. Who didn't want to get vaccinated and he was remote anyway. And then they still expelled him. Yeah. Um, said he couldn't graduate. We didn't talk about it because the school, I looked at the school's official policy and their official policy was just for in-person learning. And so I couldn't tell if that guy was lying or not. Okay. So we didn't, so we didn't talk about it. Quote, tonight we're making a statement that we believe in the science. This is the statement, guys. Yeah. This is, this is, it. this is it. It's the science. We believe in the process and that we are serious about this and we want to protect children. <laughs> School board vice president Sharon Whitehurst Payne said at the meeting. Sharon. Oh, thanks, Sharon. Sharon's kind of a Karen name, isn't yes. it? Yes. No offense. The argument over mandates is anything but settled. Just 478 people under the age of 18 have died of it through September 29th, according to the CDC. That's less than the 643 minors that the CDC estimates died during the 2017-18 winter flu season. Rare is the state that mandates flu shots, though in fairness, their effectiveness rate lags far behind those of the three COVID-19 vaccines approved in the U.S. The second main reason to favor the physical removal of unvaccinated students is to keep kids from spreading the virus to teachers and staff. But school employees have had priority access to vaccines for more than half a year by now. Kids who are sent back home for yet another year marred by remote learning will experience tangible and measurable harm, including the possibility of being more, not less, exposed to COVID-19. Their parents' work productivity comparatively will suffer. So, first of all, I will say that it's just a bunch of showmanship and virtue signaling to come out and say that we're making a statement that we believe in the science yeah. that you have to, that you have to get vaccinated. It's like a religion really. Yeah, exactly. We believe in the process and that we are serious about this, that we want to protect children as if people who don't want to get their kids vaccinated somehow don't believe in protecting their children, which is false. Yeah. Now, if it, if it is safe, Parker turns five in November 
and if it's safe for him to take a vaccine, I have no problem getting my son vaccinated. I won't do it because of some mandate, but I'll do it because I care about his health and his safety. Um, we were asked when he was born, like, Hey, do you want him to get his shots? You know, they gave us the option and I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, now it turns out Parker is autistic, but I don't think it came from the shots. Like, uh, the research doesn't back up that vaccines cause autism. I think there's a lot there's, of correlation causation problems. Exactly. There. The, the autism, the correlation causation comes from the fact what I think is happening is we are just better at recognizing symptoms of autism. So that's why a lot more people are being diagnosed, not necessarily coming from um, the shots themselves, because there is no research that backs it up. Now, if there is research that backs it up, then I will we'll look into that. Yeah. Be like, okay, if I have another kid, maybe I won't get them vaccinated. <laughs> um well, until so, maybe they're older or something to see if it does have any, um, if it does have any effects on the cognitive growth of a small, tiny little baby child. So my question on this is, and I don't want to talk you out of vaccinating Parker. I just have, cause I, I'm, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum with, uh, with this conversation. Um, You're neurotypical. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we think anyway. We, all the vaccines that Parker took when you're okay with doing that have got a lot of long-term data involved with them. Like you're able to say right. like, oh, there's no, there's no proof that this causes autism because there's been a lot of studies on this over a long period of time on all of those. They studied these kids for two months for symptoms or for, for side effects from the vaccine. I mean, I think vaccines overall have a very long history of being safe. Yeah. So... I, I, I just, uh, my, so my issue with this is the, is the risk reward ratio on it though, because we're all, we already know that there's basically no risk. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. We eat a sort we eat a certain amount of mouse shit every year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a certain amount that's allowed to be in your food. Yeah. Like this is what, to me, it's like a tiny little shot, right? Like how much damage could it actually do? Because think about all the things that we actually put in our body. Obviously, I'm drinking a, a soda here that's zero calories and has stevia. Uh, you clearly have no problem putting aspartame in your body, which has been nice. linked to cancers and all kinds of stuff. We kids were eating Tide Pods not that long ago yeah. for a joke. Um, but like the things that one thing that people you have to realize is human beings are actually really resilient. I mean, my God the things that actually happen to you and more people don't actually die. It's pretty shocking. You know, you watch these TV shows and for anybody who's ever watched Grey's Anatomy or whatever, Chicago or any of these like emergency medicine situations, right? That's not how it is in real life. No. Okay. About the house I've, is like my favorite show. It's the most unrealistic medical show. That yes. There is. Yes. It's, it's uh, people are unbelievably resilient. Now I'm not saying if you come into the emergency room with a heart attack, that they're not going to be, you know, a little bit more, um, they're not going to be a, a little quick in trying to save you. That's not what I'm saying, but it's not like get this and that and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's running around. That's not really how a code works. Okay. Yeah. You have a very specific procedure and you have, uh, everybody typically you want them to be calm so they can perform a duty and you assume that there's all this panic um, but that's not actually real life because they did a stroke code on me one time and mm -hmm. I'll tell you, everyone was really calm. Yeah. 
Including me. I was like, what the heck are you guys doing right now? This <laughs> is never, crazy. Did they poke you? Like, uh, They started, so they came in there and uh, there were probably six people in the room immediately because they called, what, it was Code Blue maybe? Uh, is Blue is a show. No, code? code Blue is... Um, That's is, worse. I don't remember what it was. They called the... Code Blue is like you're actively dying. I went up to the... Um, Either I, you can't breathe or you're having a heart attack. Yeah, sorry, I don't know. Don't call Code Blue on any of your friends and uh, just based on what I said, okay? I don't know which one it is. So uh, I went up to the desk and I was like, I can't feel my arm and I can't move it. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, this thing, right? I can't move my arm and I can't feel it like this. I can't feel any of this. And he was like, you realize like if that's the case, I got to I got to call a stroke code on you. I was like, I just can't feel my arm. Yeah. Like, uh, but I told him like, my head doesn't hurt. Other than I'm super hungover, but uh, other than that, like nothing else is going on. You know, I'm kind of dizzy and lightheaded, but it's still the hungover thing that's going on. And all of a sudden, they take me back there, and there's like six people around me, and they're they're wrapping my arms up, so about to stick the IVs in there. My the doctor comes in, and I was like, I'm really okay. I promise you, I'm like I'm okay. I just can't feel my arm. And uh, he was like, oh, Hold up, everyone, hold up. And so before they started sticking me with anything. Uh, he was like, you just have radial palsy. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And so, and that was it. There's my story. There's my oh, personal story for the day. There you go. We have to yeah. get one of those in. Yeah. I got to talk about that. Cause that's what people really Saturday want. Night, Saturday night palsy. What yeah. I'm getting, what I'm getting at is people think about all the things like the live groups mentioning lead paint and we had asbestos and we had all these things. Uh, think about your ancestors and the life that they lived through with no vaccines or whatever. Um, people are resilient. And so in my, when I view something like a vaccine, I look at the longstanding history and the fact that when you get a vaccine, it's literally like one milliliter of, you know, little tiny things that are going. And, and so when I look at that as just like a, a layman overall picture, I'm like, what, what could they actually be doing? That's going to cause you so much harm. Um, now I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah, right? I mean but, you could have a milliliter of something that's deadly to your body, and it could kill you. Yeah, you yeah, know? that's very rare, but possible. Okay, um, there are some snake venoms out there that if you have just a tiny drop, then <laughs> it can kill you. But uh, for the most part, um, for, for the most part, most things most things don't kill you. Um, they could cause cancers and other types of things, and so that. We don't know. Yeah. Okay. But I also don't, um, I don't know uh, how much mouse poop I'm eating when I open up my box of Kellogg's. I guess. My, so all I would say is maybe it'd be different. Maybe it'd be different when I'm a parent and I'm, uh, you know, worried about some things or not worried. So I get it's easy to talk from the other side. Uh, but I, I just... Like we have a lot of data of, you know, millions of children getting COVID and we know its risks. And all I'm saying is I wouldn't be first in the line for the vaccine. Oh, no. Because we don't know. No, you know, not at all. We do know what the dangers of COVID are. And honestly, kids. I don't think we have to worry about it in Tennessee. Yeah. Well, so far. We'll see. We'll have to worry about the other vaccine vaccine mandates in Tennessee. Are they? Lacey are they? just got that call yesterday. Oh, that's from the organization, though. That's that's no, passing no, down from because of the federal because of federal. Yeah. yeah. Federal, federal Department of Education can do some stuff too, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, listen, we've been required to take vaccines for a long time. There's one, th uh, one thing I wanted to say is, if this is like the straw that's breaking your camel's hump, you know, on a Wednesday, yeah, 
make sure it's for the right reasons. Like, don't I w- don't say something like, I, "We can't mandate our kids to take vaccines." Like, we've all been just letting that go for a really long time. You know, you've already had to get vaccinated. Except me, I skipped doing that, and they kept telling me at school, "Like, you got to go do your stuff." I was like, oh, "Okay," and I just never did. Oh, and really? then they just never said anything about it. Nice. Yeah. So, hey. That was pretty awesome. But uh, we've been doing this for a really long time. And what's weird is where a lot of people are like, oh, you can't mandate the vaccines on children. Like, oh, This is not exactly the time to act like you have principles on, on this problem. The, the issue that I have is the, the safety standard with it. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it. Luckily, I don't have kids, so I don't have to worry about that. I, w- I won't have to worry about it. But there is also a difference. Like a lot of the things that you get vaccines for that you're mandated are like actually risk of death, you know, for people. Now that's not trying to cut down the 478 kids that have died from COVID over the last almost two years. But um, a lot of like people will bring up smallpox. It's got like a 30% mortality rate or something ridiculous like that. That is way different from a tenth as deadly as going swimming, you know, that this way is way different. And so the, I just, I, I just think that people need to do this for, for principle's sake. If you're going to be against it, if you're going to be against this and be against uh, all the other times that this situation happens. Well, and I, so I will disagree a little bit because I'm going to agree with the live group here, which is like, uh, Nicole says here, just because it was, doesn't mean we have to continue to allow it. Meaning if you were complicit at one point, you can decide yeah. that it doesn't align with your principles now and then and then move forward on that premise. So to clarify what I was saying. And is that, for instance, you can wake up because make, we've been telling yeah. people to wake up for a long time. Right? What I'm saying is make sure that you're doing it based on principles. I'm just speaking from uh, my experience. A lot of people I've heard on this don't actually have those principles on everything and they're not going to start applying those principles to anything else either just to this one specific thing and that's it they're still totally fine with the government put you in prison if you don't give them the right amount of money they're totally fine with uh, all the other mandated vaccines and all and all that all the other mandates that there are in your lives and uh, and so uh, what I'm what I'm saying is if you're gonna be against it let's have it let's have it be because of a change of principles out here. Okay. I don't know. I don't mean the principles at your kid's school either. Okay. I'm talking about a different kind. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and at the end of the day, I still think I'm against government mandates. I always am. I think it should be left up to the parents. Um, and again, if I decide to get my kid vaccinated, it's not because of the mandate. It'll be because I think it's, that's what's best for my kid. I think the parents should be able to make the best decisions for their kids. Yeah. For the most part. One day, What's best for your kid will be their parent not going to jail for not getting them vaccinated. Exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the best. Okay, speaking of principles, interesting conversation here. Uh, this story, this article comes from Cato. I saw Dave Smith posted about this today, and then Brad Palumbo was on there also disagreeing a bit with Dave Smith, and I talked back and forth with Brad a little bit on the Twitter machine about this so i just wanted to get get this out there now cato overall i uh, i tend to like most everything that they that they do they're very free market oriented people for sure okay so I, i'm not just trying to destroy cato here or anything this is really just about the conversation and how i wish libertarians 
would go about trying to reach across the aisle or trying to reach out to other people. So from Cato, make the unvaccinated pay their own way. Remember, this is a libertarian organization here. Okay. Why are unvaccinated people who fall ill able to spend billions of dollars of other people's money? Even if one believes, as we do, that the decision to be inoculated is a personal one, shouldn't people bear the predictable consequences of their actions? That's, I mean, that's a fair question. Yeah. Is it not? It, it is. It is a fair question. And I'm not disagreeing with uh, them, their ability to have an opinion on this or asking that question. But uh, later in the article, they do say that uh, people who are vaccinated who get ill uh, should still be able to have the safety and have other people pay, pay for that. So they, they are drawing the distinction here. So he tells a story or the, the authors tell a story about how expensive it was for this person who ended up going on ECMO and they were, they obviously got very ill, ended up costing something around C 2.5 million for ECMO, which cost about $825,000 a week, $125,000 for the air ambulance charges for which typically exceed $100 per mile, $30,000 for time on a ventilator, and another $300,000 in lost wages, physical therapy costs, and other incidentals. If Walker, that's the person's name, had been vaccinated, the cost of protecting him would have been about $40, and he would not have had to pay anything out of pocket because the government pays for the shots. And, and so remember, we're just trying to make this argument across the aisle to people and not all the annoying libertarian points here, like the government doesn't pay for anything because they just take money from people. Mm-hmm. So other people still pay for the shots. All right. So and of course, there's still a, a, a chance that the person could still get sick In racking up sizable COVID related bills. Walker has many unvaccinated companions who are f- who are filling all available hospital beds, demanding expensive monoclonal antibodies and overwhelming healthcare workers. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, preventable hospitalizations involving unvaccinated adults generated almost $6 billion in costs in the last three months. Spending is also rising fast up from $0.6 billion in June to $3.7 billion in August. Unvaccinated people paid a small fraction of these charges with their own money. Public and private insurers picked up the rest. This poses a question. Why are unvaccinated people who fall ill able to spend billions of dollars of other people's money? Even if one believes, as we do, we just read all of that, an obvious effect of being unvaccinated is a materially higher probability of contracting COVID and needing expensive care, for which we posit the unvaccinated alone should pay. Now, I I don't agree with that. What I disagree with is the way that they change it up later on. To think otherwise is to believe that our society should subsidize the decision to remain unprotected. It makes no sense to do that. If unvaccinated people cannot afford needed treatments, they won't be denied medical assistance, but the resulting bills will force some into bankruptcy. That happens when people and businesses take risks unwisely and incur debts they cannot repay. We see no reason to treat the unvaccinated differently. The government should not mandate inoculations. It should also refrain from using tax dollars to protect people from the financial consequences of foregoing them. Whether other people like smokers who suffer lung cancer should also have to pay their own way is plausible, but must be considered on their own merits. Now, I don't know what the own merits you would have to consider that on, because the actual root of the problem here is that if you made a decision and it led to uh, it led to a cause, something happening, it led to a result of you having higher medical expenses, 
then you should have to pay that if there was a way to stop that from happening. That'd be almost everyone, by the way. Yeah, it would. It would be Mm -hmm. most people except for people that are like in their 70s and 80s and just getting old, you know. Yeah. Um, So, and and people should pay for their own way. What I don't like is is trying to draw a distinction now with just COVID because even in this article, they say smokers who suffer lung cancer, that, that we should, those should be considered on their own merits. The COVID crisis warrants measures we may or may not want to impose in other situations. And then they go on to say, we would not deny vaccinated people who suffer breakthrough COVID infections the security of the social safety net. Meaning that they would not deny if you got vaccinated, then then you can be paid for by other people. And that, that, that that's all right. Mm-hmm. Nor would we penalize children or few people with conditions that preclude them from being inoculated, but we would not exempt persons who forego vaccinations for religious or other conscientious reasons from financial accountability. So uh, do you see my, my issue with this? <sighs> yes. Okay. The issue is they're singling out COVID, but they're doing that for marketing reasons. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. The principle behind healthcare and what's 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 interesting is we have a Ron Paul video that we posted a year ago on Facebook that's getting a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. Um, is that healthcare in and of itself? We're, we're not tackling the actual problem, um, but I, I do agree that people who make decisions should be responsible for those decisions. That's what freedom is all about, mm-hmm. right? But Ron Paul was posed a question like this: healthy guy who whatever, something happens to him and he ends up in in a coma for six months, who should pay for it? And that's Ron Paul's answer was, that's what freedom is all about. You should be able to take risks in life. He's like, I would advise him to get a major medical policy in case something crazy happens. Those are relatively cheap. If we could have them, right? A a major medical, like a catastrophe type of plan, whatever, if you were to get, um, go in a coma for six months or have cancer or whatever the case may be. Um, but if you're relatively healthy with a low risk, um, even with COVID, by the way, still a very low risk. Now I've had friends and people I know close to me die and it's very sad, but for the most part, young, healthy people are not going to get COVID and die. They're going to get COVID and feel miserable for a little while or whatever, but more than likely they're not going to die. The only, the only weird thing. And the reason why I think people should get vaccinated, why I advocate for it, not mandates, but I advocate for it is because we don't, we don't know who it's actually going to kill and who it's not. Mm -hmm. There seems to, there doesn't seem to be like, for instance, you, my best friend had it and you got pretty sick, but you weren't ever really close to dying. And then another friend of mine got it. And within nine days he was in the hospital and, and literally he was admitted to the hospital on day 11, two days later he died. So it, Mm. That's what blows my mind about this disease is that we don't know of the people that it's going to kill. It's still very low risk, but who is it going to kill? We have mm-hmm. no idea what, why it targets some people and, do, and, and doesn't target others. But what I'm getting at with this is that Ron Paul had the perfect answer in that situation, which is that you should be allowed to take those risks. And then I think you should be financially responsible for them. Um, or get help through a charity or some other thing. The government shouldn't pay for it. The government shouldn't pay for the ma- the vaccines either. They would be really cheap if the government didn't pay for them, by the way. 
Um, and so we we really need to talk about the healthcare problem in and of itself, which we have done multiple, multiple times. And the reason why it's so expensive is because government gets in the way of people making free choices. And we always bring in these examples of one person who did this or did that and who's going to pay for it. And it's not fair. But as like um, Trickle D in here said, old Daisy, she said we do that with with people who are overweight. You know, we... The, Every you literally could almost any person who has any type of health problems, it's usually their fault. Most of the time, either something they ate, something they did, something they they weren't careful with, right? Yeah. Uh, very rarely is a medical issue some not someone's fault. Now you can have um, other diseases or like be born with diabetes or something like that, but that's still very rare for most people. The reason you end up in a hospital is because of decisions that you made throughout your life. And so I realize, you know, I, I agree obviously with all of that stuff. And I understand why Cato, I understand why Cato is saying is doing this, what they're doing. I, I understand what they're doing. And maybe if I wanted to give them a lot of credit, I could say, uh, well, Maybe they're trying to make this point and get people who agree with that. And eventually that'll grow into the idea that you should be responsible for your own decisions, that you should bear the financial cost of decisions that you made. And it'll, and it'll grow into that eventually. And maybe that's what they're, maybe that's the game that they're playing right here. But the, the thing that bothers me about it is this thing that we've seen from libertarians uh, that they tend to want to reach out towards the more left talking point sides. Like they're going to bring people over on the left over to them because what they know, they're not making a principled argument. And the, from a libertarian think tank, they're literally saying that if you didn't get the vaccine that you should have to pay for it. If you did get the vaccine, then we should put a gun to other people's head and have them pay for it. Yeah. That's where I disagree with saying. them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the whole point of the article. Well, the first half of the article I agree with. Well, yeah, they're talking so about how you second. should bear it. But the problem is, this is the only time that you should have to bear the the consequences yeah. is if you didn't get the vaccine. No, you should always. Yeah. You should always. That's bear. not the argument they're making. They're yeah. making if you didn't get the vaccine, you should have to bear the financial consequences yeah. of your decisions. And I do have a problem with that. That's, and, not, that's inconsistent. And so my, my and issue one is, thing we talk about on the show all the time is consistency in principles. And we have people uh, that disagree with us on certain things, but we show you. At least we argue from a principled standpoint that, that there's no holes in the logic. And this is literal emotional holes in the logic. Yeah. And that's the problem with this. What I worry about is a lot of libertarians think that they can reach out to people who... It, here's the thing. like Libertarianism is, is principles-oriented. Like It's a first principles-based ideology. It doesn't matter what the conversation is. You have to go back to that principle self-ownership, and then, and then that's it. And if you lose that to try and get people to vote for your side, then you end up losing the entire point of the ideology ever having a say in, in, in anything mm -hmm. in politics. If you give away that right there, then, the, I, then there's no a point. Schmuck. I don't care. You're a schmuck. Yeah. You're just like everyone else is, is what you are because you're going to magically get in the office and, and well, everyone's going to sign a bill to give away all of their power magically. This is what's going to happen. And then everyone that's uh, involved is just all of a sudden not going to want to take anyone's rights away from them anymore, except for you just brought a bunch of people into your movement who do want to take rights away from people. 
And that's how you reached out to them was, hey, yeah, we should take, we should only, some people should have a right to not pay for their things and some people should have to pay for their things. Yeah, let's get on the same side. We should be completely subjective in whether or not people have to pay attention to their own personal responsibilities. And those are the people that you brought over to your side? Like, what's the point? Not good. I, I just, uh, I don't know. It it bothers me, ma'am. That, this article broke your balls. It, <laughs> that's what it, my ball is broken. <laughs> Spinal. Yeah. Um, in inflation news, Charlie, what's going on with uh, inflation right now? I thought this was a pretty big story. Yeah. You know, I was, I was checking this out and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. This is from uh, Up Matters. By the way, Dollar Tree breaks the $1 price barrier as costs soar. I thought that was a pretty good measurement of inflation. It is. Uh, also, I've been to Dollar Trees before, and everything isn't just a dollar, by the way. And that's been true for like 10 years, unless they, I'm wrong. They've been testing certain stores with higher prices in a dollar for a little bit to see if okay. people would still go there. Dollar Tree embedded in its very name what it stands for. Behind these doors, everything can be had for just $1 per item. Not You can't get the whole thing for a dollar. I was a Dollar Tree. It cost me 30 bucks the other day. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I'd like the whole store for a dollar. That's what it says. (laughs) After expanding nationwide from only a handful of stores in Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia, Dollar Tree is breaking the mold and will sell items in some locations that exceed the tantalizing $1 grab and go price. Everything in there sucks. It's, I mean, there's a couple, so like a couple uh, things, uh, our, uh, wine glasses that we had at home, uh, were from dollar tree. And I mean, they were wine glasses. They were made out of glass. They held wine. they fulfilled all of the needed specifications for being wine glasses. And they were, yeah, $4, $1 a piece. Yeah. Did you get four? Most people get four. Um, I don't remember. You probably bought like 12. Lacey hit, were... hit all of them. Uh, <laughs> like I need the glass. Yeah. <laughs> the cost of clothes, cars, food, and just about everything else has soared this year as the global economy emerges from a pandemic uppercut and Dollar Tree has not been untouched. It's, and it's not just from the pandemic, folks. It's not like the virus no. caused all this. It was the response to it. Last month, the retail chain said that rising shipping costs would take a bite of a dollar fifty to a dollar sixty out of its per share profits this year, that's a huge hit for any business. Perhaps more so for one founded decades ago, steadfastly calling itself only One Dollar Inc. That was what it was called. Huh? Mm-hmm. Annual inflation in the U.S. has reached four point two percent in July, the highest in three decades. And this week, in an appearance before Congress, Fed Chair Jerome Powell said that price increases have worsened amid snarled supply chains and rising labor costs. That's what's wrong with the supply chains. They're snarled. Yeah. We've never had the snarled supply chains Mm -hmm. before. Okay. This has hit businesses of every type, perhaps especially one that has held the line at $1 for decades, which I still don't really, I feel like I've been in Dollar Trees and they were like, Things that were five dollars and things no, that were ten dollars. That's not a. It, someone in the group can prove me wrong on this, but every every time I've gone, I was amazed that everything was a dollar. And you know the way that they make up for that is there are things that would normally be less than a dollar that were also a dollar. Oh, okay. And so that's that's how they made up for that that price difference there. Because I usually bought like like knickknack gifts there. You know, like all the things you put in stocking stuffers and yeah. stuff. So yeah. everything's a dollar. I was looking earlier and it said that they were testing for several years. They've been testing a couple thousand stores 
uh, with it because Dollar Tree also owns, uh, they own Family Dollar also, I believe. And they've got... I didn't and the realize, Dollar Store? Um, dollar General? Dollar, dollar General separate, but Dollar Tree owns Family Dollar. And uh, okay. together between the two of those, Dollar Tree already had a lot of locations, but together the two of those, they have more locations than Walmart. They're really, they're a massive store. Yeah. And, uh, and so they were testing out, uh, I can't remember the number, a couple thousand stores above a dollar for, for a little bit, probably in some more expensive areas too. They were, they were testing that out, but I just, yesterday we heard from Jen Saki saying that businesses wouldn't need to raise prices because their expenses were going up, you know? And, and what'd she say if they do, then that's the American people won't stand for yeah, it. Yeah. She said that it was, uh, it was unfair and something, I can't remember what the other word was. Uh, yeah. The American people won't stand for that, <laughs> but it's just because of taxes. Like we all see, uh, we all see that, well, the price of shipping went up or maybe the price of what are the materials that go into this went up. And so you got to raise your price. Taxes go up. That's like a, I mean, those are fake, right? Those don't cost anything. Yeah. Right? Cost and neutral. You know what? They don't cost anything for the business. They just charge it to you. And I guess... Hey, by the way, solutions oriented, you had you had something that you told me before the show that's an actual solution to our deficit and, and debt oh, crisis yeah. that's going on. When it comes to taxes and all of that, what can we actually do? It will never happen. Right? No, it wouldn't. But it was a pretty simple solution. This came we'll from... Just, we'll end the show with a solution here. This came from Professor Anthony Davies. I would highly recommend reading the book Cooperation and Coercion. Go uh, go, go read that. I just It's a short book. It's like uh, on Audible, it, it's like a four-hour book, which is, you know, like... You can uh, read in two hours on one and a half speed. Basic, yeah, I, can, I never do that. Or two, basic two economics, like 30 hours. Man of Communist State, probably like eight weeks. Something like that. But this is at four hours. And there was uh, some solution talk in there. He was talking about the deficit and the debt. I actually heard him talking on a podcast about this also. Um, it, basically, the government takes in about 17% of GDP every year, regardless of what all the tax rates are. Around there, like 16 to 18% is what they take in. Even when we had a 92% marginal tax rate of what the corporate taxes used to be, um, all of that, they still take in about 17% of whatever the GDP is. And so your focus will really need to be on the GDP growing for the government because there's not anything that they can do, it seems, to take in more than 17% of what the GDP is. And so the focus needs to be on the GDP growing. I mean, we need to get more productive. We, we need to actually add more value into the economy, not just print the money and put it in there. And so essentially uh, what he was saying is since GDP increases by, you know, two, three, four, whatever it is, or I don't know what people want for their GDP these days. Trump was probably going to have 20% GDP, <laughs> you know, um, so exactly. he, remember he said he was going to uh, erase the, the debt. He said the debt by the time he was out of office, because the economy he was, was like, gonna... well, I meant in the second term. Yeah, <laughs> that's when, you guys didn't give me one. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. your that. fault. Um, but anyway, uh, what he said was if you were to freeze federal spending, not increase the spending for five years, that after that five years, the GDP would catch up to where the 17% of the GDP would take care of the deficit. And then you would be able to start the spending increases again, but match it to GDP growth uh, with your spending. And you would actually be able to uh, you would actually be able to not have the deficit anymore. And then you would, you know, maybe you do six years and you could pay towards the debt sometime. But essentially to make sure that you're actually not adding to the debt anymore after that. It's a pretty simple solution. Pretty simple. It'll never happen. 
It won't. It just won't Isn't, actually That's happen. pretty similar to like Rand Paul's penny plan or something. Yeah. Some, yeah. That because you'd have to do it for five years or whatever. And then the, you know, the budget balances eventually. Yeah. And then you can actually, you know, increase a little bit after that. I don't remember whatever. the details of the penny plan, but something it sounded like that. a lot like something that would never happen. Yeah. Also. It's, uh, so anyway, I mean, we have solutions out there, folks. They're, they're smart people all over the place thinking about these things on the daily. Mm-hmm. And like a whole uh, rooms of people just, just thinking stuff up on this and yeah. people backing them up. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> and then we're going to go destroy an asteroid. Yeah. That's probably how we're all going to die anyway, by the way. Mm-hmm. One big asteroid again. Again. You know? Well, the deaths of the dinosaurs. Statistically, that's how it all ends. I mean. On Earth. Yeah. Unless the Earth's flat. That's, yeah. You know. So but it will fall off eventually. I still, you still come across people who really believe that. I don't like, get Truthfully, it. like they actually believe that. Do you it's, think they uh, really believe it? Like, I or are they just they playing that part like now? like they really believe it. There's people who think that socialism would be a good thing. Yeah. You know? People actually believe that too. It's very interesting. All right, y'all. Well, if you enjoyed today's show, I wanted to uh, thank everyone who has been here from the beginning and also thank all of the new listeners. I literally just checked the numbers because um, we're trying to hit uh, this number that we haven't hit before, which is uh, 40,000 downloads. So that's really cool for us. Um, and just to tell you, compared to last month, we are up 39.4%. Yeah. That's a good gain. Mm-hmm. So uh, I really appreciate all the new listeners. Appreciate everyone who's been here from the very beginning. We are 31 downloads away um, from that. 40,000 number. It'll be the first time hitting that number. All the times that you guys have listened, it's never, yeah. uh, never happened before. So it's a, uh, it's pretty cool. And it's pretty cool to see the amount of listeners continue to go up uh, like every day. Literally it's going up by two or 300 listeners. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, uh, that's pretty cool. And we currently crossed, um, we crossed 14,000 listeners. Yeah. So which is which is good. That's pretty crazy. It's a good thing. And so we really appreciate that. We appreciate everyone who's been here from the beginning. I believe our first supporter ever was Maurice. He hasn't been here in two months. Uh, he's not he's, here right now. He's not here right now, but he was on the he live. Us. He was on the live show at the beginning, so it was nice to hear from him. And and everybody who's been here from the beginning, but then also all the new people, you guys sharing the show, believing in the message, and what we're doing. Um, we believe in this. That's why we do it every single day when we want to mm-hmm. and, w- and when we can. So I just wanted to give a shout out and thank all of you. Um, please continue to share the show with some friends and keep it going because uh, we're not done yet. We have no. a lot of cool things in the works. I told you guys that before. Uh, we have this new studio we're building still. It's we're going to have a third camera here soon. Still building it out. We've got a lot of cool things uh, coming up. So 20, we're, we're gearing up for 2022. Once again, okay. I want to say I would not want to do this show without the people that are in the live chat. Oh yeah. Day. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it's so just boring and sad without you guys. in here. <laughs> <laughs> now, sometimes when I have to do one by myself, I, I don't go live because I just literally can't, I can't read and do all. And it throws me off. It's hard Anyone who who listens to someone who does an episode by themselves every single day, just appreciate that person a lot. Unless they're reading off a teleprompter or something like that, then yeah. then that then that's different. But it's tough to talk by yourself, so that's why I don't go go live. But I mean, just 
Without you guys, it'd just be me and Charlie at a table. <laughs> We're just sitting at a at an oak table, spitting talking, facts, talking to each other. <laughs> exactly. You know that wouldn't be fun. So, like I said, continue to share it. Leave us that rating and review on Apple Podcast, pretty please. And if you guys do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow for some dumb bleep of the mother trucking week. And then we have October, November, and December, and we do dumb bleep of the year. That means I have to go back and figure out what all of them were because I haven't been writing those down or Which anything. Which is, that's fine. Yeah. Part of your job. Yeah. And you love it. <laughs> and you absolutely love it. I do. So until then, hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. <laughs>